Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. All of the things that I was reaching for and grabbing onto, and even though those are good things, those things were never intended to satisfy us and to tell us who we are and what our value is. In this journey, my biggest question was like, who am I? And I think that what I found at the end is that who am I is the secondary question to who is God. Aloha, friends, and welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I hope you're doing great, and I'm so glad you're here with me today for this really special interview. We get to chat with Emily Lex, who you just heard a short clip from, and many of you probably already know Emily. She's been blogging for years. She does beautiful watercolor. I always think of people like she and Ruth Cho Simons, who are just blessed to have both the gift of art and the gift of writing. It's just like almost not fair because it's just so good, but everything she does is lovely. And I so enjoyed getting to know her. You're going to hear us chat about the fact that, uh, Emily lives in my hometown, which a lot of people haven't even heard of, but she lives in Gig Harbor, Washington, which I just love. I will always consider it my home in my heart as well. And so anyway, really fun to share that in common with her and get to have this conversation, which I think you're going to love. And you know, we talk a lot here on the Boy Mom Podcast about our kids, right? Of course we do. We're talking about raising boys, about parenting, about the best resources, things we need to protect our kids from how we can raise them well. But today we are just shifting gears a little bit. And as Emily shares her story, her journey, I have a feeling that most of us listening are going to hear some of our own story in there as well. So Emily's going to talk about a time in her life that she really went through an identity crisis. And that might sound super dramatic, but when she shares about it, I think if you're like me, you're going to be going, wow, I've had that feeling. I've had those thoughts. Um, But what I love is that Emily courageously walked through a season. Um, That's what it took her to get to the other side where she truly found what it means to live freely and lightly. And don't we all want that? So this conversation really inspired me. I think 
that Emily just has so much wisdom to share. In fact, as I found the clip to put at the beginning of this episode, I just grabbed clip after clip because there were so many things that Emily said that I was like, oh, I want to put that at the beginning. No, I want to put this because there were just so many beautiful nuggets. So I hope this is an episode you can slow down, really tune in. Might be a good one for a, a nature walk or a long drive, but I hope you can take your time to listen and really maybe prayerfully ask what this has for you. Where Emily's story might be speaking to your heart and how God might want to use this to inspire you to walk in faith into the seasons that you have ahead as well. So I'm excited. I do hope that you will go over to show notes as always, where we're going to have links to Emily's awesome book. It is really beautiful as well as um, her website and all the other things. Also, I'm going to have some photos of her scripture cards, which are just really beautiful. Um, They have scriptures and little watercolor paintings on each one. I have a set and they're so great. If you're like me and always working on scripture memory, these are great for that. And um, her children's cards are so good for working with kids too. So, um, again, lots of stuff over in show notes. Be sure to visit at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode 115. That's 115. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to let you listen in as Emily, Lex, and I chat about what it means to live freely and lightly. I hope this blesses you today. Hey, Emily, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. I love it that I'm here. Thanks for having me. It is going to be so much fun and such an encouragement, I know, to everyone listening to get to chat with you. And there's so much I want to talk to you about. So before I dive in, could you go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell people where you live and about your family and what you do? Sure. Um, Okay. My name is Emily. I live in Gig Harbor, Washington, which is just about an hour south of Seattle and a place that you know well. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. It's just a darling little coastal town that we moved to a handful of years ago, and we're so happy here. I have four kids, three teenage boys, 17, 15, and 13. They eat a lot of food and they're taller than me and I love them so much more than I ever expected to love teenage boys. Mm. And then our daughter is 11 and just a little mini me who wants to be with me all the time. <laughs> so, oh uh, what a yeah. dream. It is. It, I wanted four girls and here I am with three boys and a girl and it's actually surprisingly delightful. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Tell us what you do. Tell us oh, about sure. your work. Um, okay. Yeah. So for about 10 years, I wrote a blog. It was called Jones Design Company. And the Lord just saw fit to have me pivot a bit in the last several years. So um, about three years ago, I kind of stopped blogging and transitioned to having, it just was time for me to have my own name. And so I switched over to, I have a website called Emily Lex. I didn't really take on the identity of um, artist until like I'm 42. So it took mm-hmm. me until I was about 40 before I was like, okay, mm-hmm. actually I'm an artist. And so I do watercolor art and I have written a couple of books. I have um, a children's book coming out soon. I just published another book. So it's, I feel like I have a second career in my forties, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I it's amazing. That. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Okay. I need to go back though. Sure. Clearly you're an artist. I mean, Mm. we're going to be talking about (laughs) your most recent book, Freely and Lightly, which is just beautiful, stunning, both in the writing and the artwork, but how you must've done art in the past. Like where did the art thing, how, how did that grow? 
Um, I have always loved art and I would probably always call myself creative, but my artwork, I think it just didn't look like what I, you know, I didn't go to art school and I'm not Mm -hmm. formally trained. And the art that I did was a lot, like, especially early on in blogging, it was a lot of crafts and a lot of like, you know, taking book pages and making them into a wreath. And so you just don't really consider that art. Right. And, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I've always loved watercolor. We, when we got married 18 years ago, I watercolored our wedding invitation. So it's always just been something that I've done, but not something that I've leaned into very much. Right. And mm-hmm. for some reason, a couple years ago, I just was, um, after kind of going through a massive, like, who am I? Who is God? What is my identity? It's, I mean, that's the story of what is in Freely and Lightly. And at the end of it, I sat on on my closet floor. I tell this story in the book, but I sat on my closet floor and I'm like, okay, Lord, you have healed me from so much anxiety and insecurity. I now know that I am enough because you say that I'm enough. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) And and what I kind of heard in my spirit is be an artist. And I, you know, I don't think that that was like incongruent with what I knew of myself, but it just was this moment of like, don't just do art but be an artist. And what does it mean to be an artist? And I think for me, that meant, first of all, practicing art. So doing Mm -hmm. art and like being Mm -hmm. active in it. Um, And so I decided I started doing a watercolor a day. I committed, it actually started on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2019. I woke up in the morning and all of a sudden I was like, I think I should paint every day this year. <laughs> and so, so cool. For 365 wow. days, I painted every day. And many of those paintings are what is filled the pages of Freely and Lightly. So that's kind of amazing. Uh, um, uh, but then the other part I think of being an artist for me is just this like paying attention to what is to the just the ordinary mundane things and finding beauty in those and then capturing that. And somehow just, it's just like having eyes to see. I think that's what being an artist is. And I think we all are that. And then we display it in all of our different ways, but all of us are kind of called to see the beauty and the goodness that's in the world and in creation and then, and delight in that. And so I think that that's kind of what he was calling me to is like, be an artist, Emily, that is who you are. (laughs) So that is that was so a very long-winded awesome. story. But no, <laughs> it was so good because I do think that there's a lot of people listening because I hear from women all the time and and I love that part of your story is that this kind of happened a little bit later, relatively speaking. And that's so much of my story. I mean, I was 40 years old when I started blogging mm-hmm. and that also was, you know, 10 years ago. And so I love that you hit that place in life where it was like, okay, I'm ready for the next thing and being able to look back now and see how God prepared you, see that you were kind of doing the work for a long time, at least observing and taking note and, you know, honing your skills. But I just think that there's going to be people out there encouraged to know Mm -hmm. that if you're a young mom, if you're in the thick Mm -hmm. of it and you're just thinking, oh, what, what is there for me? Do I have Mm -hmm. something? Yes. I, Mm -hmm. I think God's given us all gifts and talents and sometimes it's a matter of timing. And so your advice is great. Be, be observing, be looking around and maybe taking some notes and, Oh, that is so encouraging. I love (laughs) it. I'm so glad you did what you did. And I Mm -hmm. love your style of, of, art. It's beautiful. It's just so, yeah, it is so good. Well, um, lots. Okay. 
so many things. Gig Harbor, <laughs> you and I already chatted, but for those listening, let me just have a quick moment here because Gig Harbor is my hometown. And next time I'm in Gig Harbor, Emily and I are definitely going to have coffee and yes. maybe walk the harbor. But we yes. um, <laughs> we were just chatting about this little place because oftentimes people will say, or I will say, you know, when people ask where I'm from, I'm like, oh, the Pacific Northwest or a small mm-hmm. town south of Seattle. And my mom's always like, call it Gig Harbor. What's wrong with just, <laughs> we've right. got pride. Gig Harbor is a special place. So everyone who can get to the Pacific Northwest, if you can visit Gig Harbor, it is a darling town. My roots go way back there. So if you're going to go, be sure to reach out, message me, because I'll tell you a little bit more about my history. But um, mm-hmm. but I, I just love where you live and I try to get there at least once a year. So we're going to meet there in as we record, hopefully we'll be meeting in Hawaii even sooner. So I know because kind of I love where you live, so we're going to come visit. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think the ideal world would be, you know, a place here and a place there. And, and what's funny you'll appreciate is that my boys who you know, surfer boys love everything tropical. You, if you asked my son, Luke, his favorite place in the world, and he's traveled a lot of cool places, he would say Washington. He loves going to visit grandma and grandpa. He loves their cabin at the mountain, the cozy cabin. And so, yeah, that's a really special place. Okay. So we could gig Harbor out all day. Love where you live. And I'm sure you have lots of inspiration there because it is just so beautiful. But I want to talk now about this new book that I'm holding in my hands, Freely and Lightly, God's Gracious Invitation to a Life of Quiet Confidence. And I'm going to just tell you that I have read through it really slowly. um, And I am... Um, what's, how do I say this? I'm convicted perhaps like, okay, I need this. This is something that I need a whole lot more of. So why don't you start by just telling us the inspiration? How did this book get started? Oh, um, let me read to you really quick, just from the beginning. It's the scripture that the whole book is based off of. And I think that that is a good place to start. So, um, for those of you who are familiar with maybe like the NIV version, it's the part in Matthew where Jesus is saying, Um, come to me, anyone who is weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And when I read it in the message version, for some reason, this language just really resonated kind of with where my heart was. So let me read it real quick. It's Matthew 11, 28 through 30 in the message translation. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So obviously that's where we got the title from. Mm. And it really is just this promise that um, in a world and a culture that um, that applauses uh, hustle and self-effort and and just kind of sets us up for figuring out what is the good life to us and then going after those things. Um, I did all of that and I had everything that I could have ever imagined with a husband and kids and a pretty house and a blog following. And, and yet for some reason, even within all of those good things, I was still dissatisfied and, and anxious and insecure in ways that like, I felt like there's no reason for this. There's no reason for me Mm. to be insecure. Why am I like this? And for years and years, I just sat in that place of like, I think that I should be able to get over this. And then finally realizing that 
all of the things that I was reaching for and grabbing onto. And even though those are good things, those things were never intended to satisfy us and to tell us who we are and what our value is. And so um, the story is just the journey of God kind of waking me up, I think, to mm-hmm. the ways. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope that it's an invitation to the reader also to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to recognize sure. like, oh, For man, sure. I kind of fall into that too. But waking oh, yeah. me up to the things that are tripping me up and, and where I'm searching for significance and identity, um, even good places, but they were not made to tell me who I am. And so it's just like reorienting and, and learning to um, take those thoughts captive and learn who Jesus actually says I am. And kind of the, the curious thing about the whole thing is that in this journey, my biggest question was like, who am I? And I think that what I found at the end is that who am I is the secondary question to who is God and can I trust him? And if I can trust him to tell me who I am, then I'm free. Then I can live freely and lightly. And so really all just boils down to, do I trust God? What kind of God do I serve? Um, So that is what this journey is about. (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful. For somebody who's wired like Mm -hmm. me, Man, you can't hear this message too many times because it's right. really hard um, to even be honest with myself sometimes, I think, to say, how am I um, defining myself? How am I, I, you know, how do I see myself? And so what I love is that ultimately it does come down to who is God and can I trust him and can I trust that what he says about me is enough? So. I'm telling you, this is important. This is not just a beautiful <laughs> read, but it's an important read. And I think yeah. it's it's really a gift. And so um, I think you kind of alluded to where you were at when you needed to slow down. You already had your four kids. You were just almost, I mean, I don't want to call it an identity crisis, but to some extent, I think we all have those. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, tell us what that looked like when you first started to take those steps. Um, I think what I, what I call it, and I think I already said this a little bit is that I, what I want is for God to like slap you across the head in a really nice way and be like, Hey, it's, it's time for you to figure out what is actually true. But I just don't think that that, that's not how it worked for me. Um, I think maybe some people come to a point where they, where there's like loss or grief or a disruption to their life where they recognize like, Oh, maybe I'm holding on to things that aren't, you know, that I could lose. And so maybe mm-hmm. those are not the right things to hold on to. For me, it really was just a very slow waking up. Like I just, mm, yeah. it was just this like gentle uncovering of, um, of maybe sadness that I could easily dismiss because everyone's sad or I'm too busy to be sad or, um, everyone compares. And that's just kind of part of what we do. And, And instead of dismissing that stuff, I feel like God just kept waking me up, waking me up, waking me up to all of these little things of like, do you really want to be bound and heavy or do you want to be free and light? And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so I just feel like it was a really gentle invitation that, um, that came at a time in my life where maybe I was, (laughs) I was just finally ready to hear it. Cause it was like, okay, I can put nothing else good in my life to try to fill myself up. I'm now at the point where I'm going to start sabotaging and I'm going to start going after things that are not good anymore because the good stuff's not working. So maybe it's some bad stuff that I need to make me feel better about myself. Totally. And I think he rescued me from a life where I could have easily destroyed things because 
because that hole in me was so, it was so strong. It was so powerful. And I needed attention and affirmation and I needed things to tell me that I was valuable, um, that the good stuff wasn't working anymore. And I was going to go after the bad stuff. So feels like wow. he rescued me from that. Mm, yeah. I, I love that. Well, maybe you could share with us a, a story that kind of is part of that journey. And that was when you woke up on a bus in Rwanda. Can you tell mm-hmm. us that story? <laughs> yes. I was traveling with a group of amazing women who were, you know, Christian speakers and influencers. And we were in Rwanda with two different organizations that I love dearly. A Noonday Collection, which they have artisans around the world that produce jewelry and bags. And so we were in Rwanda visiting that co-op of the women who were working. Um, They own their own business, but Noonday hires from them. So we were working with those women who I fell in love with and loved so much. And then we were also there with International Justice Mission, which actually, it's it's a, um, I don't know, just an incredible organization that goes into countries and uses the country's resources. So it's the people who actually live in the country who are employed by IJM as lawyers and advocates and counselors to create better justice systems in those um, countries. And so we were there to kind of support and bring awareness to both of those organizations. And um, and it was it wasn't a mission trip. It was more of just like, let's kind of take tours and get to know people and mm-hmm. share it with our American audiences. And yep. this team was amazing. Um, every day we would get on a bus and we would go out to do the different events that we went on. And we would always kind of flip-flop seats and get to know each other. And one day I got on the bus first and everyone else got on after me and no one sat next to me. And it just, it was just this, like, I just started crying so hard. And, you know, I think I said it in the book, like I could have really dismissed that as we were dealing with genocide and really difficult things and poverty. And so, and I missed my family. I had been gone for quite a while across the world. So I could have dismissed it as that. And I, and I guess maybe that was the kindness in of God to not let me just dismiss it for something that it wasn't actually, because what it actually was, was me just feeling like, um, just having these insecurities bubble up and be like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with me? Why does no one want to sit mm-hmm. next to me? I just felt mm-hmm. like a little girl. And, mm-hmm. and then remembering like, oh yeah, as a little girl, I felt that same way. What's wrong with me? Why does no one like me? What's different about me? Am I not interesting enough? Am I too quiet? Like, and just all of those little insecurities that I think we tuck away and just ignore, but there's still narratives that are living in there. And it was just this moment of me going like, okay, I'm not okay. And as much as I want everything to just be fine in my life, and I like if we're talking about Enneagram, I'm an, I identify with the peacemaker type nine who just like, I just mm-hmm. want everything to be okay. Just settle everything. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not ruffle any feathers. Sure. I don't want any conflict. Yeah. I just want everything to just be okay. And to then have all of these little moments pop up where like, oh, I'm not okay. I'm not fine. I'm not fine. I'm not mm-hmm. fine. It's like very disruptive. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but I do believe that it's just the kindness of God saying, I don't want you to stay fine. That's not, that's not how I made my creation. I want you to be. I want life to be abundant and joyful and and true peace, not just this like fake under the rug settledness. Oh, so I would say that that was one of the first moments of waking up. And then sadly, it took another year. The next story I tell is when I'm sitting on a beach in Hawaii, where then I start asking these big questions. And that was a year later. 
And so it wasn't just like boom, 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 one after another. It was just, it was a slow waking up. It really was. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's just the kindness of the Lord too, because Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned the word invitation earlier. And I do think that we all have that invitation. And yet God is such a gentleman in saying, when you're ready, when you're ready, I'm ready to go there with you. And again, just being honest with yourself and maybe someone else is, is sometimes a really scary thing to do. And so going there with our insecurities, you talk about how, you know, you used to push those insecurities down. Can you kind of tell us practically what it looks like now when an insecure, because we're all going to live with insecurities the rest of our Mm -hmm. life, right? And I have these conversations with my boys. (laughs) And I think that's one important thing as women are listening to know that this isn't just about us, but this is giving us tools and insight that we can then parent our kids better because this is stuff that we're all going to deal with for a lifetime. So talk to us about what it looks like to deal with insecurities now. Oh, um, I think that, um, okay. I think I have so many things to say about this. (laughs) Talk. Um, We're listening. I think that I waffle between, and maybe you or your listeners relate to this between either feeling really awesome and self-righteous and feeling really terrible and insecure. And I actually think that they are the same thing. It's that my eyes are wholly focused on me. And so I think any of the, like comparison, for instance, is a, is a trap I fall into regularly. But the thing about comparison, I think what it often gets talked about is that you compare yourself and you always feel worse than the other person. But I think the opposite Mm -hmm. also happens where you compare yourself and then you're like, well, I feel better because, you know, like (laughs) either way, yes, my kitchen is prettier than their kitchen or my body is worse than their body or whatever. And so we find these places to measure ourselves up and then decide on this hierarchy of what is more valuable. Where do I land on that hierarchy? Um, And so I think that those insecurities and those moments of pride are times when my eyes are just thinking about me. And I think that, that God would say, take your eyes off of yourself, take your eyes off of other people, just put them on me. And when you just have your eyes focused on God and you, and you truly trust that what he says about me and what he says about you and what he says about the next Mm. person, that's the truth. And no Mm. amount of me kind of figuring out where I measure up, that's not true. That's just me putting my own kind of narrative on that story. So I, of course, deal with comparison and insecurity, and that's just a temptation for sure. I just think maybe what I have learned now is to to really pay attention to it and name it and say, like, why do I feel insecure? What am I trying? What kind of value am I trying to, to receive out of this insecurity? What am I trying to learn about myself? And maybe my eyes shouldn't be focused on me. I feel like the Psalms do this all the time where it starts with like, why are you, why have you forsaken me, God? And I have all these enemies around me and I, things are so terrible and you're so horrible. And then all of a sudden it like switches to, but God, you are faithful. And it's like calling out kind of the character of God, but you rescue your people. And then by the end of the Psalm, it's like, they might still have these circumstances that are happening in their life, but their perspective mm-hmm. has been changed. Yes. And so I think oh. that's that's the thing is like, I still, you know, I have insecurities about my skin. We're going to Hawaii next week and I do not get tan and my skin is so <laughs> pale. And I actually kind of- sit next to me. <laughs> we'll be are okay. you pale? 
I am because I my husband's a sunscreen police, so oh, I'm perfect. as white as you get. <laughs> well, I am bright pink because this last oh. weekend I was at my parents' house and I fell asleep in the sun and I got so oh. sunburned. I'm oh, like, yeah. I was out there for an hour and I'm so yeah, pink. It happens. And so I have this like insecurity about my skin because it's pale. And no matter what I do, my skin will always be pale. That's just how it is. But do I have to let that assign me value or can that just be a fact? That can just be a fact that my skin is pale. It doesn't have to tell me that I am more or less valuable. And in this culture that praises bronze skin, I will never be praised for beautiful skin. Mm -hmm. right. But oh. I can't, and I can't change that. It's a fact, but that's okay. It can just stay as a fact. It doesn't have to, doesn't have to translate into my value. Hey friends, hope you're enjoying this conversation and there is still more yet to come, but I want to pause real quick to tell you that we are excited to let you know that all this week, you have the chance to help keep the Boy Mom Podcast going strong and encouraging you in your parenting journey. And that's by giving a donation to christianparenting.org. The Boy Mom Podcast is part of the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, which we like to say has a podcast for every parent. But reaching over half a million moms and dads with trusted biblical guidance every month comes with a cost, which is why I hope you'll give a special donation today. Besides producing podcasts like mine, Christian Parenting also develops books, workbooks, prayer journals, blog resources, and other practical tools to help parents like you become the perfectly imperfect parents God created you to be. Now, I know a lot of you tuned in to the Christian Parenting speaking event um, this last spring or perhaps last fall. You guys know that they are doing incredible things, and I am so honored to work with them and so thankful that they have a producer, a podcast editor and producer that takes all my messy interviews and cleans them up, puts the music in and publishes them. So guys, they are a huge help to me and you can truly support my podcast by supporting Christian Parenting. Now, you can do that in a couple ways. You can simply text message CP give to the number 474747. That is the letters CP give to 474747. And you can also give by visiting cpgive.org. They make it really simple. So hop on over to cpgive.org, offer a donation. Just know that Christian Parenting is 100% donor funded and relies on listeners like you to support the future creation of parenting resources. So I do hope you'll give a special donation this week to help keep the boy mom podcast and Christian parenting going strong. We only ask a couple times a year, guys. So thanks so much for understanding and for your awesome support. And now we're going to get back to today's conversation with Emily Lex. I hope you enjoy these final few minutes. This is just such important stuff. No, I, I really do appreciate that. And I think that it's such an inward shift that like, it's hard to even have a conversation about because we all want to just do something to make a shift to, to, you know, do something, especially if we could do something physically, but really it's, it's turning our heart moment by moment, mm -hmm. thought by thought mm -hmm. from catching those thoughts, you know, taking captive our thoughts and totally. turning them to what, what really matters. And, and I do believe, I mean, I'm such a, I, I love to you learn about mindset and, and these things that we do with our brain and the power of our thoughts. So I just think that if we care enough, if we take it seriously enough, we can really 
take the time to retrain our thoughts and turn them more to God. And how often I wake up in the morning and my first thoughts are, you know, stress, anxiety is about what I have to do that day and I'll never get it all done. But what if we woke up and turned our thoughts habitually day after day to God, you're so good. Yeah. Like that perspective totally. is can can shift everything. So I totally. just think this is super practical. And mm-hmm. again, the invitation is there, but it takes some of us longer than others. So I know. Well, Ooh. and I think the thing about following Jesus is that maybe I grew up in a time in I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just name it as my own experience, where it was like. Um, give your life to Jesus, accept him, and you are going to go to heaven. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. end goal. And I just kind of wonder, and now maybe I feel like we have missed the point because I think that Jesus says, yes, trust me with your, li- with your life and I want you to live eternally with me. But I also want to transform you right now here on earth as it is right now 100%. and that he is with us. And part of that requires practice. And just like daily doing some things that will renew our minds. Because I do think that that is the hugest part is like, I remember hearing one time, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think it seems valid that your brain doesn't know the difference between truth and false. It just mm. knows repetition. Whatever you tell it again and again, that's what it wow. thinks is going to yep. be true. Yes. And so I just wonder, like, if we fill our minds with beauty and truth again and again and again, at some point, I think, I think that's what causes this like slow transformation of the heart is just by like following Jesus daily, (laughs) like taking our thoughts captive, testing Mm -hmm. them. Like, is this actually what God says of me? Or is this what I say of myself? And which one do I think is going to be the one that I want to carry with me? So yeah, it is, it's a daily practice and, and it's good. Like it's so good. And, and if God is good, then I don't think that he's going to lead us to a place that is unnecessary work. You know, I think, I think that work work is good and it will bring, it will create in us this life that is free and light. And I have experienced a little taste of it. And I just, I want that for myself. I want that for my kids and I want that for everyone I talk to. Like I, that's that's the way I think that Jesus wants us to live is freely and lightly. Yes. And he says it throughout scriptures, which I just Mm -hmm. am so thankful for. Okay. So here in Hawaii, we don't take road trips. (laughs) We oh, yeah. we take a trip around the <laughs> island and then we come home. Yep. And so yep. my whole family, we're kind of craving a road trip right now. But I would love for you to tell us a little bit. You talk in the book about a cross-country road trip you took with your family and how that really was a turning point. Can you tell us a little about that? Sure. We decided, so this was five years ago, and I was kind of right sort of at the beginning stages of these identity questions and at that same time, we looked at our family, and this was something that my husband Ryan had been wanting to do for a really long time. Like, who doesn't want to just pack up and go for four months and travel? And finally, I agreed to it because I'm, I don't know, I like normal and comfort and mm-hmm. settled things. And this was like very adventure But finally, I said yes to it. And it actually was just the coolest thing because at the same time that I was asking a lot of these identity questions of me... I think we needed to do that also for our family that we had like we had gotten married and had babies and moved to a house and lived in a neighborhood and had, you know, our jobs. And it was like we moved so quickly through that little phase of life that by the time we got to the point we had four kids. Let's see. Ethan was our oldest and he was in sixth grade. So let's say he was like, I don't know, 12. So we had a 12, 10, eight and six year old. And we're like, gosh, we need to take a breath. Who are we as a family? Mm -hmm. 
What do mm-hmm. we care about? How is, how is our relationship just as the six of us? And so as amazing as the road trip was because we traveled around the United States and we were gone for four months um, and saw just every cool thing that we could imagine seeing in the United States, uh, I think that the, the more important thing that God was doing for us was just resetting us as a family. Who are we? Allowing us to look at, to, for my husband and I to look at each other and be like, okay, we have some issues that it's easy to dismiss because our life was moving so quickly, but now there's nowhere to run. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's literally yeah. the two of us with no distraction. So let's maybe start kind of uncovering some of these things. So yeah, it was it was a beautiful trip on so many levels, but really, I think actually this time during COVID has done that, I think for a lot of families where it has has forced this slowdown. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and my prayer has been, um, so much that God would use this time. Hopefully we're kind of coming out of it now, but I hope that over the last year, I hope that he used that time to wake us up to some of the things that we look to, um, for value and meaning that, that are not ours. (laughs) That's not what they're there for. So that's Mm -hmm. what the road trip did for us really. Mm, So good. I think that we could all use that. I think, Mm -hmm. and and I'm sure you and your husband had some conversations. Is he good at processing with you? Are you more of an internal processor? I'm an internal processor and I love to journal Mm. and Ryan is a verbal processor. And so, okay. Yeah. It is interesting, but, um, yeah, we were just able to talk so much. And and really, I think it was like uncovering things that have taken us years to to get to. So it wasn't like everything was like, we talked about it and then it was resolved in those four months. Like this is a process and some of it is just inviting it to happen in the, in the timing that it's going to mm-hmm. happen. In. <laughs> oh, so good. Okay. Finally, before we finish, because there's so many, I took so many notes from your book and I just hope everyone can read it, but will you inspire us with your 40 by 40 list, which it's too late for me now, but somebody listening, <laughs> I, I, I love what you have done and, and then tell us about your 40th birthday. Okay. Uh, I decided, so one of the things that I learned about myself is that I, have had kind of fallen asleep to who I am. Like I, and not in a like godly dying to self way, because I think there's a difference between that and, and between just like dismissing who you are and just taking on the desires of everyone else around you. I think young moms get trapped into that a lot, but I think in particular, my personality type, um, it was just something that became really important to me to figure out what do I like and what do I care about and how can I pursue some of those things, um, not not for any other reason, but just because they sound like a, they would be fun for me to do. And so mm-hmm. I wrote a list of forty things that I wanted to do be- before I turned forty. The thing and how about old it were you is when like, you wrote this list, thirty nine. How old? Okay, so you had a year. Okay, yeah. So I had a year. So I gave myself a year to do it, and they were not like some of them were like. Uh, start wearing earrings because I also don't wear a lot of jewelry or (laughs) bake sourdough bread or sure doable. um, go to bar class. So they were not difficult things to do. Um, They were just things that were just for me. Like no one else cares if I wear earrings or not. It's just something that maybe I want to wear. So that's where I'm like, you're, you might be 50, but you could do, and you don't even have to do 40 things or 51 things before you're 51. It's just like choosing a few things. The heart behind it is 
what is it like, what are the things that make you come alive and how could you do a little bit more of it? Because I do actually think that's a really good way to honor who God made you. <laughs> and so learning who, who that is and what you care about and then participating mm-hmm. in life in a way that actually brings God glory because you're honoring who he made you to be. So okay. um, I want to, yeah. I just love that. And I want to hang out there for just a second because I sure. do hear from so many women who say, I don't even know what my thing is. I've all I've done is maybe they have a job that's just more, you know, a, a place they go to work. But otherwise, I, I take care of my kids, my husband. I've kind of lost who I am, and I think that this might be a great practice because telling somebody how to figure out who they are. That's hard. Like, I don't even know where to start. But if you say, okay, right now, grab a pen and paper and start writing some things you would like to do in the next year, if if, just for you, I think that forces us to uncover our true heart's desires. And, and I love that you say this is all about who God wired you to be, because he's going to give you different desires than me. And I just think it's a great practice. So I, I just loved that you did that. So well, part of it, another part of it is that paying attention pay attention to the things that you really like that make you happy, that make you come alive. Like, Mm -hmm. is it, do you love to look at the ocean or do you love to be in the mountains or do you like to Mm -hmm. be inside? Or do you, I mean, there was one point I didn't write about it in the book, but there was this one moment where I went off to, to upstairs for a few minutes. And when I came back down, Ryan was like, where'd you go? And I was like, I needed to just write a list of things that I like doing. And this was separate than the 40 by 40 list of things that I wanted to do. This was like, what do I like doing? I didn't actually know what I liked doing. And so my criteria for it was, if someone told me you could never do this thing again, would you be sad about it? And so maybe I asked the listener, think of things that if someone told you you could never do this thing again, you'd be like, man, I really miss that. Because I was a little surprised on my list. I had spent 10 years blogging. And at that point, I had done a lot of crafts. And I was like, you know what? If someone told me I could never do another craft again, I would be okay with that. And Mm. maybe I'm doing a lot of crafts because that's what people are really expecting of me, but maybe that's not actually what I want to (laughs) do. And so I wrote out my list and I came back down and Ryan asked like, where were you? And I said, oh, I was just writing a list of things that I like doing. (laughs) And I'll tell you, he named off probably 90% of those things, even to like Emily, you like watering your plants. And I was like, I do like watering my plants. Uh. And that's on there. So it wasn't like it was a mystery to anyone else. And so if you are struggling with like, what do I like doing? Maybe ask the people closest to you, what are the things that you see me doing that you think I really like? Because they might be insightful (laughs) for you. Mm, But it it was just really helpful for me to have that list of like, oh yeah, these are the things I like to do. And if my day is not... If I don't have, I mean, especially when you have little kids, you don't have a ton of time to do things that you really love doing, but could you do a couple of them? You know, like if you really love reading a book, then turn off the TV, even though Mm -hmm. that's what's normal and easy, turn off the Mm -hmm. TV and read a book instead. Or if you really love watering your plants, go to the grocery store and buy a new plant and then you can water it. (laughs) So little dumb things that you can just add into your day that bring delight because don't you think God wants us to live like that? Yes, 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 yes. Amen to all of that. I I love it. And I think it's good too to ask the question because as I was reading, I had some conversations with my husband and I was like, how many of the things I do, do I do because they're expected of me 
or because I'm just trying to please everybody else. How many things do I do in a day that are just because it fills me up? And and I know the more we are filled, the more we're able to serve and love those in our lives. And so I just think it's it's a great conversation. Okay, so then take us to your 40th birthday, and I won't keep you all day, though I could. Oh, but I love it. <laughs> um, on my 40th birthday, I... I had been going through this journey for, it has, it had taken me about five years from Rwanda to my 40th birthday. And, and it was a lot of letting go of difficult things in my life, like comparison and distraction and busyness, and just kind of learning how to surrender and then being filled back up with who is God actually, who is Jesus actually, there were some practices that I did to just help me like reframe. Why do I trust so much in my own self and not in Jesus? Even though I say that I'm a believer, but yet I'm not actually relying on him. So it was this very long process. By the time I hit my 40th birthday, I had actually, and it's not, it's not in the book just because it felt like a really special moment that didn't need to be written about, but I had a really incredible time of prayer with one of my girlfriends who, um, who really walked me through some of this kind of inner healing that Mm -hmm. I think really needed to happen in me. And so while it's not in the book, it is something that I will so avidly say, ask people for prayer and be, be, be okay with God healing things in a spiritual sense that just doesn't make sense. Um, So that was, that was a huge thing that happened just a couple of days before my 40th birthday for my 40th birthday. We went to Hawaii again, which five years Mm -hmm. earlier, I had sat on a beach asking the Lord, like, who am I? Why am I so unsatisfied? And so five years later, I sat again on the beach and I finally kind of received those answers where it's like, oh, here, these are the, this is who I am. And the very final one that, and I actually wrote it down in my journal, but the very final one was, I am okay, just as I am. And I think that was the, like, that's the most important thing. And it's not, I am okay, just as I am because of me. It's, I am okay, Mm -hmm. just as I am because of Christ. And so finally coming to a point in my faith and in my life where I could say, okay, I can accept myself for who I am. And be okay with sometimes disappointing people and be okay with pale skin and be okay with, um, you know, the gifts and talents that I have. And then using those things and calling myself an artist, I can be okay with that because none of it's really about me. It's actually because God, it's because of God and he is good and he, like God is good and I am loved. And because of that, now I can just move through my life and I don't have to be so stressed out all the time about figuring out what my value is. So it was, I mean, it was really quite a miracle. Um, I feel like it was a long process, but that was my 40th birthday. And then 10 days later, after we had, we'd been home, I heard him say, it's time to write. It's time to write is what he said. Um, And as I was walking down the stairs, I hear it's time to write. I got down to my computer and I opened up my computer and an editor who I had talked with months and months before who I decided I was not ready to write a book. She emailed me and said, Hey, are you, is it time for you to write? Stop. And that was oh on the same day. So that is how Freely and Lightly came about. It was, I had oh. never intended on writing this book. It was just, the Lord took me through a time that I think a lot of people go through. And I hope that I'm able to put language to it that feels so um, welcoming to you and that you might find yourself in that story and that, um, 
And so he asked me to write it down. And so I did. So that's mm, that book. What a story. There you go. What a story. <laughs> yes. No, and I think from reading it that you've accomplished that completely. And anyone who reads it is going to be ministered to. Uh, so thank you for being brave and willing to share the journey and make it available to everyone. Well, I'm going to point people to the book and to where they can find and follow you in our show notes. Um, you also have some things available as far as art goes. Can you tell us um, both how how people can follow you right now and also tell us a little bit about some of that so those who are interested might be able to sure. um, try? Yeah. One of the things that I think I, I want to do is always offer delight and encouragement and um, and maybe some practical tools for like how do we kind of renew our mind? And one of those things are these little scripture cards. So there's 31, it has a little piece of art and then a daily scripture. So you can read one each day. And I just feel like it's a really beautiful and practical way to get truth into our lives. So those are called truth for today cards. Um, and I also sell artwork and I have some really cute little watercolor workbooks. If you want to learn how to watercolor, all of that stuff is at emilylex.com. Awesome. Awesome. And on Instagram? Same Instagram right? is, no, I'm Emily Lex Studio. Someone Studio, else has Emily right. Lex. I don't know. Don't you love that? <laughs> no, I don't love that. I know. Same here. I've got some Monica Swanson out there that doesn't post anything, but you know, I know. It, it happens. I know. It happens. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to link to all of that. The scripture cards, beautiful, just so many good yeah. things. I And, you know, people like you, are a little frustrating because you are both an incredible artist, but also such a beautiful writer. And, you know, we're not comparing here, but no. <laughs> you got the gifts, you got them. Oh, so well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I know it's such a, it like, who knew that I was, I was going to be writing and illustrating books. I had no I idea. <laughs> right. And I do hope and pray that those listening know that that's, you know, that God has a different story for each of us, but I love that he surprise, surprises and delights and um, inspires us at, in different seasons in new ways. So what a fun story. I'm encouraged. I can't wait to meet you in person. So I know. Thank Let's you. do it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being here. It's been such an encouragement to me. You're welcome. Okay. Aloha. All right, friends, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Emily, and I just adore her. Uh, we didn't get to meet when she was in Hawaii, so I'm going to track her down next time I'm in Gig Harbor and hope to hang out with her because I just am so inspired by everything that she shared, and I hope you were too. So be sure to go over to show notes to grab links to her book and all the places you can find and follow her. And um, I just want to thank you so much for being here and being a part of this podcast community, even in the midst of a busy summer. Also wanted to remind you that the Christian Parenting Donor Drive ends this Friday. So be sure to go over. Um, you can text CPGIVE to 474747 or visit cpgive.org and offer a donation to Christian Parenting to help support the Boy Mom Podcast. Thank you all so much again. I have more great episodes in the next few weeks. You're going to love my guests so much. We've got a really good variety coming up to end our summer strong. So tell your friends about the Boy Mom Podcast. Come back soon, and until next time, aloha.